All right, welcome back to episode four. Um, this is the Real Estate Huddle, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, different types of real estate investments and the different uh, opportunities that there are out there. And and uh, we've you know we've done some things uh, personally in the investment world, and also helped a lot of clients on the investment side of things. And so this is going to be a fun discussion today. We're going to have some fun with this and and give give some cool insights. So. Um, anything you guys want to say before we get kicked off? Nope. No, it's fun to be back. <laughs> All right. Acknowledge so, that there's fewer of us. I yes. Will, oh, yeah. Man. We're missing uh, missing Jackson, yep. who's out sick. Sick. And Kristen's coming back into town. And yep. Kim, who Kim, we're not sure is yet before, to be seen be on the podcast. We're excited for Kristen. She got married and uh, is on has been on her honeymoon in Norway and other parts of Europe. So she's she's had she a blast. She was all over the there. place. She was in. Greece, yep. somewhere else, and then Norway. Yeah. I did my my honeymoon was in Estes Park, so I mean, <laughs> just an elk big time. I don't know why you'd go to Norway. Right? There's no elk in Norway. Yeah. Oh wait, yes, there is. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're going elk hunting for. Our, you didn't <laughs> so we'll get the ladies back next next go around, but uh, this is a great topic. So let's dive right into it. We've got um, flips first. So. Um, Obviously, the purpose of a flip is is to turn around some some cash pretty quick, and you know make it so um, you know you're in, you're obviously buying a home at a discount. Um, if you buy it at market value, there's no margin at all, and so obviously you know you're trying to get it at, at a discount, and that typically means off market or something that could be distressed. Um, when we say distressed, we mean a short sale or a foreclosure type situation. Um, and there aren't very many of those out there right now. So I think that most of these are, are being found either on listings that are, uh, off market or homes that have been on the market for a very long time. And now sellers are all of a sudden very motivated to, um, to get something going and, and, you know, depending on seller motivation in the right circumstance, it may be a good fit for people to pick up a property like that. Uh, from my experience, the folks who do it well, they've mm-hmm. been doing it a while. Yeah. So it's not necessary for the weak of heart. I agree. It's usually off market and there's a market that exists that very few people have access to. But if you get plugged into that, that's the only way you get deals. Mm -hmm. Scale at how you leverage money. Scale at how you get the work done. So I've thought about it. We've talked about it, but I've got friends who do it. It's just there's a learning curve. Um, And when you get good at it, it's great. But you got to be willing before you hit scale, one whoops, and mm-hmm. that's six months and not making any money. Yeah, I, I would, I would say that uh, the investor market right now is very active, based off of the text messages. The text I get messages real every <laughs> single day. I just got. Just like, got hey, Spencer, this is so and so from we whatever holdings. I don't think we officially connected, so I'm just. Interested. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any off market? <clears throat> they're looking for hot off-market properties that just... Well, that that still talks to the market. There's, we see in our residential, less inventory. They're seeing the same thing. So even their off-market marketplace seems to be low. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're making money still. I'm flattered they're asking me, but... Yeah. They're hungry, and I've been getting hit up about 10 to 15 times a week, too, by investors and a lot of techs. You know, they've gone to text marketing a lot. But while we're on that, those same lines, let's talk about the process of wholesaling. And so wholesaling is when, let's say I I go and I am what you would call, some people call them bird doggers, right, that are are going and they're 
they're walking the streets and knocking doors, right? Or they're walking crosswalks and putting up signs saying we buy homes for cash sort of <laughs> yeah. thing, right? So there's there's that type of investing where you're just trying to get incoming phone calls and any opportunity to create conversations um, with a homeowner that, that needs to sell. And, and so a wholesaler, what they would do is they would be one of those finders that comes in, they find the property and then they sell it to the investor. They make a quick 10 grand and then they turn it over to the investor who then, um, you know, starts the work on the property. That investor may be the rehabber. It may be a realtor like one Mm -hmm. of us, right? It it could be, um, someone in lending, perhaps it could be anybody, but the investor then takes over from the wholesaler and the contract is typically assigned from the wholesaler to the flipper and the flipper then goes, goes about the work, carries it out, pulls permits, does it all. Hopefully they pull permits. So there's a, not all flippers are created equal. Yeah. (laughs) There's some really good hack jobs out there. And then there's some that are really well done. And, um, I actually just bought one, um, that was, that was really well done. and, And I thought that they did a phenomenal job on it. So, um, it can be done right. But, uh, you know, I, I think that flipping is, uh, keep in mind that you've got short-term capital gains on a flip. Yep. So it's less than a year of holding that property. So obviously talk to your CPA about this. We're not CPAs. So you need to get that advice from a professional. But um, that's common knowledge that you could find on Google. And, and so understand that there, there may be some more tax liability there, whereas, um, you know, a, a longer-term gains with rentals, long-term rentals, that sort of thing. That's a different animal. So a little more costly as far as that goes. So you got to have margins. Those margins are key. So what do you know about, you know, interest rates and such when you're doing those short-term? Typically, they're Mm -hmm. higher rate loans. So when it goes past that 30 days, Mm -hmm. if you're the wholesaler, your margin goes away very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the wholesaler doesn't even carry any cost. All they do is find the property and then sell the opportunity to the investor who then signs the contract ah. with the seller. And they walk away with 10 grand and they're out. However, the, the investor them, themselves, a lot of them are doing this on hard money. And so hard money lending these days is a great question, Chad. As far as, as far as interest rates go, you'll see anywhere from 12 to 18% on hard money. And so that can accrue quickly if you've got some holding time. You know, and so most of these flippers are trying to line things up with their contractors so they can get the work done in two to three months and then turn that property around. So tell me about, let me just ask you a quick question on the negotiating uh, for your house because I'm sure their margins were tight mm-hmm. in a market like this mm-hmm. with, with you know everything they've got going on, all the money that they're putting into it. What did those negotiations look like for you? When it came down to price, when it came down to inspection, yeah. all the and things. Feel that, free to gloat because this. Yeah, yeah. Let us know how well you did because it sounds well, it sounds like you did pretty well. First of all, you know, I just to clarify, I bought the home from a flipper from the investor who flipped it, turned it around, and then I bought it from them um, on market. It was on the market for a few weeks before I bought it, and. And so I was able to come in and negotiate. And, and then second of all, this is one of the best buyer markets that we've seen since 2011, um, if not the best, uh, as far as the environment. Say that one more home. time. This is the best buyer market that we've seen since 2011. How can that be? Tell me. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that later. That for episode, episode three. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
the and so I we were able to to get twenty thousand off the price, you know, get twenty three thousand in concessions paid for, and then get probably fifteen different inspection items taken care of. Everything I asked for got done, and it was it was awesome. It was so fun to be a buyer in this market. So, you know, that's that's something that that. Uh, is is a is a great thing for a lot of people and flippers tend to be volume guys they tend to be to be able to make a good amount of money and especially full-time flippers that are doing this and that's their day job um you know they got to do 10 properties a year to to make this make sense um most of the time flippers that are doing single family homes are looking for anywhere from 30 to 50 thousand in profits um, if this is a townhome condo scenario they may be looking for uh, 20 to 30 you know, is, is kind of the, the, the metric there. Um, most of the flippers that I've worked with in the past can flip a condo or a townhome that's about a thousand square feet, two bed, two bath for about 30 grand. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. And so they're very concise with their pricing. They don't use the most expensive materials, but the good ones do a quality job and they don't leave problems for the next buyer. That's what I've seen. The, yeah. And the reason I asked that is just for the buyers out there to kind of understand what they're getting into and you had a really good experience just because you're a really good agent. And I think, um, when it really comes down to it, when you're working with flippers and you're working with investors that are, you know, moving their inventory, they want to get it off fast, but they also want to meet their price points. They, they are, they're numbers people for the most part. And they, no doubt. they, uh, may run a tough negotiation. Um, luckily in a market like this, where it is one of the best times to buy. Mm-hmm. I'll repeat it again. Um, it's a little bit easier, but when we get into a different market, like we're coming into potentially this next year, yeah. those fix and flips, which will look really nice and really appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, it may, be, get, may get a little bit harder to negotiate because it's not as easy for buyers. Yep. So, and, and flippers <clears throat> thrive in a market like this, the one that oh, we're yeah. in. This 100%. is actually a great market for flipping because inventory is at like kind of a middle level compared to where it's been the last 10 years. And, and so we're, we've seen inventory creep up to about, you know, recently we were at almost 5,500 homes. Now we're down to 4,400 with the holidays approaching. Um, but like, you know, two years ago we were at 800 homes on the market during the spring. So flippers hated that environment because they couldn't find anything. And sellers just got wind that, that if they put their house on the market and breathed, they were going to get 20 offers. And, and that was a little bit true during that time. Nowadays, if you're cosmetically tired, you're sitting on the market. You're not selling. And so with flippers, they do a great job of, of coming in and, and uh, you know, having, having all the cosmetics taken care of because buyers buy on emotion and not logic. You know, it's, it's, all, it's an emotional purchase. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, that's why they do so well. Anything else on flipping or should we move to the next Let's one? Let's move to the next one. He okay. just put his hands up and we right. have yeah. five <laughs> topics. That was one. So <laughs> yeah, we're running out of time quick here. Um, long-term rentals. Okay. So I would say, I would. I don't want to offend anyone, but I would say some of the savviest, wisest investors that I have ever worked with are in the long-term rental mindset and they think long-term. <sighs> Absolutely. And uh, why is that so valuable? Long term, yeah. Pay it down, and it's cash flow every month. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You're building it. That's the best way to build wealth. But like, so there's generational wealth, which is that's an amazing way to do it. But just wealth and like, just your own wealth. The long term is always going to pay off better. Almost always. Mm -hmm. Should caveat that almost always better than the short term with real estate in particular. 
Well, I don't know. I've got kids older than you guys who are starting to think about this. And, you know, my son, for one, is always talking about passive income. But Mm -hmm. I met a guy for breakfast a few months ago. And this guy's all over the place. He's got a huge, like, property management business that he kind of backed into Mm -hmm. because at one point he had 23 properties or something. But as he gets later in his life, his whole world is about taking all the equity he's built across 23 down. And he says now he owns five homes that are worth roughly a million bucks a piece that they cash flow every month. And he'll never need another dollar. Now, he's got lots of other dollars, but he's got it lined up. That's just the long term. You buy it, you hold it, throws off cash. Yeah, and that that is is, so... If anybody here, any of you are um, looking to make that kind of your uh, future, please, please, please reach out to us. We have lenders specifically yeah. who do, who have plans for that for, for each client. And that's. We told a story last episode one, two, or three with Jackson, who's not here, about very young people getting in the game with a one bedroom, one bath. Building, paying down some debt, getting enough cash flow, mm-hmm. buying the next one, two bedroom, two bath. Yep. And this kid is 23 years old, 24 years old. And yep. that's where the long term comes into play is, is when you hold on to them. Obviously, the, the market ebbs and flows. But ultimately, real estate has a track record of gaining almost always. Yep. I, think, I think we've seen one or two markets in, in the history of the United States where We've declined severely in um, in just property values and and um, just, yeah, in people's money. Um, so, uh, what what else would you advise on on long terms versus short short terms, Landon? I think understand. So, like, it's a triple win, right? The triple win is cash flow, appreciation, and tax advantages. You know, yeah. you get all three with a long term rental every year, and it gets better every year as rents increase. Uh, and you pay principal down even more and you're paying less interest, it's just, it's a killer model to, to do really, really well in, in real estate. It's the best investment I've ever made. Um, Not to put you on the spot, but you've now done it three years in a row? Yes, yeah, so I've got three rentals. Year. Yeah, I started in 2018, so kind of every other year. And and that's been my goal is to just continue to accumulate rental properties. And and it's um, it's been awesome. You know, I, you deal with some tenant issues every now and then, but the, the advantages way outweigh the, the uh, thorn in your side. And if you have a great property manager, it's pretty much turnkey. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot to it. So highly, highly recommend it. And, and one thing to be aware of right now is you may not cash flow right now because interest rates are higher. And so, and that's okay. Interest rates move, they fluctuate. So if you, if you can't cash flow, um, you know, right now and you're, you're, couple hundred bucks under think of the net think of the after the tax savings after you appreciate think of one year down the road Um, people are stopping right buying investments right now because they're scared of the high interest rate environment Um, it's not going to get easier next year when interest rates come down property values go up and so understand that if you buy now you have less competition you can buy a great investment and be one more year ahead next year even though you're a little bit negative on your cash flow right now i think that's when new or, or uh, brand new investors they get a little freaked out is when they start to see um they're not gaining anything yep. in that in that t- 
time or that season. Well, you say you're not cash flowing. You're just not positive cash flow. You're Correct. flowing lots of cash. Yeah. You're just not yeah. paying But when they don't cost. see the green necessarily for whatever yeah. season or time, right. they start freaking out. But that's where the long-term... Mm-hmm. The the difference between long term investors and short term investors is pretty significant in their mindset. Yep. And if you can have that long term mindset, you will, you know, you'll be that millionaire that you want to be sooner than you think. Quite no honestly, question. especially when you're, and and I we can go into a whole other episode on how to invest your equity and how to invest whatever lump sum you have or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a few differences between long, um, long-term investors and short-term investors in that regard too, with capital as far as that goes. But there's also um, different ways. This is a, you're right. It's another episode, different ways to invest in real estate to create passive returns without the headache of property management and outlays mm-hmm. through investment vehicles. Yeah. Anything else you think we should know on long-term? So there's a couple couple ways that you can manage a property by yourself, um, and there's a site called Turbo, or, uh, TurboTenant.com that's yep. great. I mean, I use that for my first one. Um, they do all the background checks for you, the credit checks. They do uh, marketing for you on all the big platforms like Zillow, Rentals.com, and Hotpads, uh, Apartments.com. They have a, a big series of marketing materials that goes out to all of those and syndicates. And so I really liked using them. I, all I had to do was open the door for people, you know, when I use TurboTenant. And then you can use uh, uh, legaltemplates.net is a great site to have a, a real estate uh, uh, lease, right, that you, can, that you can create and just fill in the blanks on. And um, that's a great way to, to get started, you know. And, and property managers have access to all this stuff and way more. Um, and they have contractors for everything, too, if you hire a property manager tends to be between eight and 10% of the, the monthly revenue when you hire a property manager. So just be aware of that kind of want to, you know, prepare for that cushion if that's your plan. But, uh, I managed the first one on my own. And then once I had multiple, then I turned it over to a property manager and it, it does take a lot of the emotion out of it. And they, they handle things really well if you have a good one, but, uh, not all property managers are created equal too. So definitely good. Idea writing to, these things down. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and I have to I have to give this uh, disclaimer here. So when I when I talk about when we talk about long term investment versus short term investment, mm-hmm. short term investment can can be the fixer and flippers. And I'm not necessarily talking more about like the short term rentals because like you have long term investment, which is like all right, you're going to have this house, you're going to hold on to it for a while, yep. you're going to gain equity in it. You have long term rentals as well, which is more like year long leases and things like that. So there is a difference between what we're talking about a little bit when it comes to short term. Rentals. So we've talked about short-term like investments with the fix and flipping and, mm-hmm. and things like that. What is, what is the benefit of short-term renting? And I guess the difference between short-term renting and I guess short-term investments and things like that. Totally. So think about it. There's the three mm-hmm. variables were probably good because they're a little different. Mm-hmm. Cash flow, appreciation, tax benefits. Yep. Yeah. You still get all three. They're a little different with short term. Correct. And this kind of, like we said before, if you're worried about a little bit of negative cash flow right now with a long-term rental, mid-term rentals is actually a, a brand okay. new thing that's mid-term. come in. That's, that is something that you should look at um, to see if that makes sense. Because there's traveling nurses uh, type rentals is what other people call them. Um, but you have you know people in healthcare that have to come in and be here for two months, three months, and then they switch to another location. You know, and they go from Hawaii to Iowa to Denver to all over the place, and they need a place to stay that's furnished. And so, 
you know, when you look at that, that's an opportunity because they pay a premium to have the place furnished. And, and typically like, um, our assistant actually, or sorry, Kristen on our team, she, she does an awesome job of, of doing hers and, and she's kind of introduced me to some of this stuff, but furnishfinders.com is where you list your property if you're doing something like that. And, and so they're just looking for furnished homes on that site and they're willing to pay extra. Um, her studio, uh, of 400 square feet is renting for 1800 plus right now. That's $400 a square foot. Um, that's amazing. You know, you can't do that on a long-term rental. So like, that's a great way to avoid the cash flow issues. You just want to make sure you check into the HOA requirements, make sure you're not violating anything there and yeah. then check into zoning. Just make sure you're, you're all kosher as far as that goes. And then, um, that's a, that's a great way to go to look into that. Now, midterm rentals. So we have, and then we have, what, let's talk about Airbnb real quick. Mm-hmm. Airbnb, VRBO, these short term rentals, which we're looking at like, it's like hotel stays almost. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got a friend of mine who I, I think with these, you got to be creative. You got to, you got to have a little imagination and make it fun yeah. and, and you can do really well with it. I, I've got a friend, um, who's also an, an agent at our company and he, he does a great job with his, they, they bought a place down in Orlando and they painted every room with a mural. Yeah. So are you saying awesome. theme it? Yeah. Like themes make it fun. Totally. Make yeah. it inventive. When you theme, I mean, everybody's heard of the Bluey house in Australia, right? Like yeah. There'll be a Bluey. And <laughs> it's cool. You've seen the kids awesome. show, like that's the place to go. And everybody yep. talks about it. And there's like a gazillion views on YouTube on the tour of the, the house. Yeah. Um, and so you don't have to go to that extreme, but like you paint murals on the wall, you bring a little ambiance in that's, that's re- relative to where it is. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, a really hot place that people want to go to and you'll never have, well, I shouldn't say that, but like your odds of vacancy are way lower if you do something like that. <laughs> I need to get my paintbrush out. And, and with that, so with Airbnb, um, and, and VRBO stuff, those short terms, a couple of sources that I've seen have, have said that for you to pay your entire year's mortgage on that, you would need to rent it out. And, and that's, on average. So there's going to be a difference in HOA fees and things like that per community and property. But on average, in order to pay your full year's mortgage, you'd have to rent out um, rent out your place with Airbnb or VRBO. I was like 90 to, uh, uh, 90 to 180 days of the year. Mm-hmm. If you can get that many days, your mortgage is going to be paid and then anything on top of that That's is... Is gravy. Well, it's- look at the three variables. So we bought a condo and same three elements, but your appreciation is greater. Yeah. So long term, mm-hmm. you hold it, you get more there. Right. We don't, I don't think we've ever covered our costs, but our costs are not that high because we have a very low interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pay someone, a property manager, where in the short term rental space, it's not 8 to 12, it's more like 20 to 30%. You pay and you live off the peak seasons of the holidays, et cetera. Makes sense. And then like mountain rentals, HOAs are really high. Yes. So you're not as little little higher. Summit County. But you keep the benefit in the off months, which is when we use it the most, to be up there in the summer. Yeah. In fall. And cost is higher because there's cleaning fees. They have to come in and out, right, every single yeah. time. They've got a, a lot to do with all the turnover of managing that when someone's moving out every three to ten days. So <laughs> That's a, whenever a we, whenever we're in Airbnb, Jay, Jay and I always 
I don't Crumble know if you can gravel. filter it, but we're always looking at the cleaning fee yeah. before anything. Right? Well, so, the only thing I'll say is as an owner, you get a different cleaning fee. Yeah. And it just went up, but it's nowhere near what they charge. <laughs> yeah. charge the charge. Little wins. <laughs> little wins. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we've had clients, though, that have you know bought a lake property and did Airbnb, and then it worked well. And so mm-hmm. then they bought a mountain property and did an Airbnb, and it worked well. And so they keep expanding, you know, and, and that's... That's the cool thing is if you can get your systems down once and figure out how to do it with, you know, I would say it's a little more hands-on with the Airbnb stuff because there's so much turnover and there's more, a little more risk on what could go wrong, but there's more reward too, if it goes right. So that's another one to consider. And, and I think it's been a good conversation about all the the different options of of investments. And we'll have more episodes to come Mm -hmm. about. Each of these, I'm sure, because um, we could go into a lot I'll more start detail. overlapping pretty. But yeah, we have at least two more episodes. This is a pretty up. good surface level yeah. um, investment talk, but uh, yeah, we'd uh, we'd be probably good to to get in a couple more episodes on this. But cool, cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, appreciate the, uh, the the listen here and, and all the conversation. Hopefully, uh, if you have had thoughts of investing in anything. First of all, call us because we'd love to talk through your goals and, and hear you out and help you achieve those. Um, but also, like, look into resources like Rich Dad Poor Dad, such a good book on, on real estate investing. And there's plenty more that we can recommend to you. So um, hope you enjoyed today, and we'll catch you on the next episode.